It's the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Tuesday, March 23rd. We begin with our weekly conversation with Mercedes Stevenson, Global News Ottawa Bureau Chief and host of the West Block. We get an update on the trials of the two Michaels who've been held as political prisoners in China since 2018. There's been a lot of news lately about the tech sector growing in our city. Good news for job seekers, but are those tech jobs solely intended for young people or could more seasoned workers find success? We speak with an industry insider for some advice. Looking to declutter your home or make some extra money with household items you don't need anymore? There are many options when it comes to selling your stuff online, but which site is best for what you're selling? We get the answers from the gadget guy, Mike Yanni. And finally, spring break is just around the corner, so what's the plan to keep the kids occupied? We get a full list of virtual and in-person options available in the city from Ellen Percival, editor of Calgary's Child magazine. 609, happy National Chip and Dip Day, everyone. It is a national day to celebrate, well, what is arguably one of the best combos on the planet. So we're asking you, what is your best combo chip and dip together whatever it is let us know text lines open at 403-974-8255 yeah you gotta have everybody has one you have to have one you can share with us and uh, we're trying to catch up with mercedes stevenson in a second here but i can tell you right now we're actually getting recipes in as well sue which is awesome and uh, debbie sends this one in I, I never knew what you did with the imperial cheese you know that in t- cheese that comes in the container Yes. She's got a great dip that we'll share with you. Get your pen and paper handy because it sounds fantastic. That's coming up in a second. We're going to celebrate sure. with Mercedes, though, right now. Mercedes Stevenson joining us, Global News Ottawa Bureau Chief and host of the West Block here with us. Mercedes, good morning to you. Good morning. How are you? Excellent. We are celebrating National Chip and Dip Day, my friends. So oh, what, is your, what is your ultimate combo? You know, I'm going to be, like, super boring and say that it's, Tortilla chips with salsa. Oh. That's okay. There's but, nothing yeah. boring about a good combo. A good salsa, though. You know, yeah. a really good one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and a little bit of cheese on there. Yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> oh, wow. You're, t- you're making nachos uh, now. Now I know what I want for breakfast. <laughs> the breakfast of champions. You eat more from a dip to nachos, but we love you for that. And uh, now we're all hungry. Thank you. Now, going to switch gears and get serious. And, you know, fairness, respect, and the rule of law don't seem to be in play in the cases of the two Michaels. With the latest, yes, it's Mercedes Stevenson, Global News Ottawa Bureau Chief and host of the West Block. Uh, Mercedes, can you give us the latest? Because in, in the past handful of days, we've had two trials. What are the results of these trials? Well, as far as I know, and I should be careful because of the time difference, things can happen overnight. Mm. Uh, but as far as I'm aware, we don't have verdicts yet. Um, and we were actually speaking to Kevin Garrett about this uh, on the show. He's Canadian who was held in China um, for over 700 days, almost 800 days. He was also charged and convicted. Um, And I was asking him kind of off the air before we did the interview about how do you know when a verdict's going to come down? And he said, it can be two hours, it can be two years. It's not like... um, our justice system where you have a sort of defined period that you're aware of. And uh, his perspective was essentially the Chinese will bring down a verdict when they believe that it is politically advantageous for them to do so. And we just don't know when that will be. So it, it could be at any time. It could be weeks from now. It could be months from now. Uh, it could be today. So we, we just really don't know uh, when we're going to hear an answer to that. It just is shocking, isn't it, really, when you think about it, that a country is able to do something like this. And, and we, as you know, the country of Canada, can, can do nothing to get our two citizens back who obviously are being held 
you know, because the Chinese don't like something that happened here in Canada? Yeah, it's, you know, I think it's, it's hard. It's hard to think about. It's hard to think about what it must be like to be one of those two men right now. Oh. And, and you don't know what's going on. This is the other thing we've heard from Canadians who jailed over there. Um, you, you don't get to, like, meet with your lawyer like you do in Canada mm-hmm. or have access to information media. Um, you're just kind of sequestered away, and you have no idea why you're even there for some re- some some part of the time. And um, even when they receive consular visits, they can't talk about the charges. So it's, it's pretty hard because obviously, you know, you've been scooped up for some spurious reason, but what is it? Why? Uh, what's going to happen next? So I, I think that it's an incredibly difficult thing to do. Uh, they're being kept under very difficult conditions. And the reality is at the end of the day, um, the Chinese government is not happy with Canada. Um, they're not happy that we arrested Meng Wanzhou, despite the fact it was an American warrant, which Canadians were honoring, just as the U.S. honors our warrants uh, for an arrest. And they can pretty much do whatever they want, because at the end of the day, we're not a big enough country to really hurt China. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, we only took first sort of really tough steps against China yesterday. And it's not related to the case of two Michaels. It's the... Um, human rights abuses against the Uyghurs that we've now imposed Magnitsky-style sanctions against um, three regime officials and one entity in China. Uh, but a lot of folks have been saying, take a tougher line on China. Uh, the Chinese don't respect weakness. They respect strength. You really have to hit this government where it hurts. Um, and there's certainly a strong argument to be made that the government could be doing more. The challenge is, at the end of the day, their economy is so much bigger than ours, even when you do things that are painful, perhaps, for China. Uh, for example, like not allowing senior regime officials to purchase land in Canada or to send their children to school here, uh, both options that the Canadian government could take. Um, it's not quite like the U.S. hitting them back or India in terms of the economic outsize um, that their economy has to ours. I'm wondering, Mercedes, yeah, for the longest time, it seemed like Canada versus China, period. But now, obviously, we've heard President Joe Biden come out and support, you know, uh, uh, releasing the the two Michaels and I believe over 20 countries across the globe. Is that going to be enough of a difference maker? Do you think we're finally going to see some progress with other, uh, you know, countries coming on board? You know, I don't know because they've been on board a long time. They've been aboard a long time, and um, it's just been a little more vocal lately. And yes, there's a new president of the United States. U.S. has the best chance of actually being able to get these men out um, at the end of the day. But the challenge here is that, you know, will will the Chinese ever back down until Meng Wanzhou is released? Right. Um, a lot of people don't think so. They think that she's just too high profile. She was like, uh, you know, Chinese royalty, the princess of tech, they call her there. Uh, and the humiliation that the Chinese government perceives of having her here and their desire to punish, um, you know, if, unless the United States says, okay, we're going to send her home with a plea bargain, which we've heard a rumor could be possible, no jail time, she goes straight home. But that essentially, until she is released, there will be nothing that results in the two Michaels release. And even when that happens, it doesn't necessarily mean, if it happens, that it would automatically trigger their release. They, they may still want to look strong and not release them for weeks or months or years after that. Um, so it's, it's really just such a tragic situation for those two men who had nothing to do with any of this. Is there any chance that Canada just says, that's it, we're out, we're letting her go, and we're going to be done with this? 
Theoretically, you could, but that would have to require political interference in the justice system, mm-hmm. which we don't allow for here. It would mean the federal government instructing um, the RCMP and the Crown to drop a normal extradition proceeding. Um, and, and that would set a substantial and potentially very problematic um, precedent of the federal government saying when we do and don't extradite people. The only thing that has stopped us with extraditions before has been the threat um, of human rights abuses, that we don't extradite to countries that execute uh, for the the crime we're looking at or who have a history of torture and severe human rights abuses. Uh, In the case of the United States, you're not looking at charges that would see Meng Wanzhou facing any of those options. Um, And we have such a close relationship with the United States, and they so often will arrest people for for the Canadian you know, justice system and send them here and vice versa, um, that it would be a really, really significant thing to do. And a lot of folks also say the problem in the longer term is the message it would send to China, which is that if you take country citizens hostage, you'll get your way. And that it would reward this form of negotiating. Wow. Just a Rock very, in a hard place. Well, that's a for very sure. complex situation and uh, still unfolding. Thank you so much for the update, Mercedes. Thanks for having me. That's Mercedes Stevenson, Global News, Ottawa Bureau Chief and host of the West Block. 843, and we've sure heard a lot of good news surrounding the growth of the tech industry in Calgary over the past several months, and that means more opportunities for jobs in our city. But are jobs of this nature the sole domain of young people just entering the workforce? Or maybe could a person of an older vintage, say an Andrew Schultz, make the move to a career (laughs) in tech? With his thoughts, we're joined this morning by Jim Gibson, community partner of Calgary-based Thin Air Labs. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Sue. How are you? Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us. Jim, first of all, can you just start us off and tell us what Thin Air Labs is all about? Thin Air Labs is a venture studio. So we're responsible for finding capital, finding talent, and putting together the new companies of Calgary's future. The other thing is I'm also, my other job is as the dean and chief catalyst at the school for advanced digital technology at SAIT. so i have a catbird seat on both of these sides of the equation so well, you're the right person to talk to mm-hmm. then you know we're hearing about these great opportunities but i think that there might be in the back of your head if you're you know maybe moved into your 30s or 40s or you know uh, even the 50s and think i want a career transition but it might not be a good fit for me is that the case is it the domain of young people the tech industry it's not at all. In fact, the domain expertise that comes out of the energy sector is, 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 is extremely important as you start thinking about what is tech actually going to accomplish. And so while we think of entrepreneurs and, and the new startup companies as, as the ideal in tech, it's not. And so some of the, some of the work that we're doing in at SAFE, for example, is uh, with a program called the DX Talent Hub, which is taking um, people coming out of the energy sector or other places and bringing them into programs that actually give them a sense of what's possible with uh, their understanding of data or their understanding of, of the world of, uh, of the field of, uh, of energy um, um, in, in the field. So we're, we're working with existing workers to see how we can transform. Jim, what advice or, or what do you tell people who are thinking perhaps this is the leap they should be making? So three things that I suggest. One is 
is what we call awareness. Be aware of what's happening in your industry. So pay attention using all the available information sources that you have to be aware of what are the trends in the industry that you currently, be it healthcare, energy, agriculture. So, so be aware. Second is be ready for the, what we call the mindset shift, which is, is to think about, I'm not going to simply transfer from one job to another and that will be the end of it. I'm going to need to think about how I learn and, and how I absorb new information in ways that I probably didn't have when I was going to university. So what we call the mindset shift. And then the third is, is identify skills that appeal to you. For example, if you understand a little bit about data and you're out in the field doing that, um, Look at look at the implications of that with some of the newer skills like machine learning or or some of the data science things that we're doing. So try and connect it to things that you're interested in on the skill side, and then there are there are lots of things available for you. Jim, I'm wondering, is this something that you have to go to school for? Or are there opportunities in the tech industries that that you can learn on the job? There there are. I think I think one of the things that that certainly the new technology companies, so the so the the scale ups, the companies that you're hearing about in the news, you know, we don't we don't need to have, you know, the master's degree in computer science. I think one of the things that is a hallmark of entrepreneurial companies is their ability to bring people in who have an attitude towards learning and then train for the aptitude is is the expression. So the tech companies are really good at bringing in, you know, uh, smart but but encourage um, um, curious and interesting folks, and then shape them to the world in which they're 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 trying to build their products or companies for. So there's not this perfect need for having all the skills walking into a new tech firm, but you do need some. That's for sure. It's a it's a it's a fast moving pace, and we're going to need a lot more of them. Um, we need 45,000 people in the tech industry by 2031, and and so we've only just begun this process. Wow. Well, that's encouraging to hear for sure. Thank you so much for your time this morning. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. That's Jim Gibson, community partner at Thin Air Labs. And you can go online, thinairlabs.ca. 749, it's time for Tech Tuesday on Mornings with Sue and Andy. Now, whether you're a seasoned online selling vet or just want to declutter, there are many options when it comes to unloading your stuff. But what is the best option and which platform is best for what you're selling? With some clarity, we're joined by the gadget guy, Mike Yanni. Good morning to you, Mike. Good morning. I can't think of a better time to talk about this. Spring, we're getting rid of all that stuff in our house. Mm -hmm. Of course, we've been, you know, uh, quarantining as much as possible. So we've had time on our hands to yeah. try to find that stuff we don't want anymore. But where do we get rid of it? That's, That's the, the question. question. One years ago, it was eBay, and then Kijiji came onto the scene. Now, there's seems like there's a plethora of different sites. There is. But you know what? Some of those classics like eBay still have. Uh, there's a reason why they're still kicking around. So we'll start with that one. And I want to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart, obviously, electronics. Whether it's old smartphones, uh, tablets. You know, a lot of the carriers, they will offer to buy them back don't do it because those carriers 
Well, you know what? They're going to take a turn around and resell it. You can make way more money if you sell those yourself. So mm-hmm. eBay still is really good when it comes to high-priced electronics. And I say that because they protect you against the scammers. If somebody says that they're going to buy something from you, from you and send you money and for some reason that doesn't go through, they have your back. So I think that's still really good for those high-end items. Kijiji is still pretty good as well. Uh, you got to take a little a few more precautions with Kijiji, though. There's a little bit more scammers, I find, out on Kijiji. Plus, there's always the, oh, let's meet in the parking lot of this, you know, under the one streetlight and make the exchange there. So you got to be a little bit more careful, especially when you're dealing with higher quality items. Still, a lot of the police community departments still have that parking spot that have that you can meet up for a safe place yep. to exchange, uh, which I would highly recommend if you're mm-hmm. doing something, especially on Kijiji with higher-priced items. One other thing I want to talk about when electronic smartphones and tablets in particular, there are some sites popping up now, like GoResell.com is an example of them. They are offering you an easy way they'll just buy your stuff from you, no haggling. All you do is you go on there, you tell them what kind of smartphone and tablet you have or even a smartwatch, what condition it is, and they offer you the money right there. They will even give you the prepaid shipping to give it to them. One caution, because they make it so easy, they don't always give you what's valued at, and they turn it around and they sell it for twice as much. Yeah, of course. So just keep that in mind. You're going to make more money off eBay and Kijiji and places like that. But that's so go resell it. It's sell as in C E L L, cell phone, go resell.com. I had never even heard of that one, Mike. So that's a good option. Anyway, if you don't want to do it yourself. Yeah, it takes a hassle out of it. It makes it really simple. And there's actually a number that popped up over the past year, especially in Canada. And make sure if you go to some of these places, go to one that's based in Canada. Uh, that way, you know what, they, there's a few more uh, precautions that they'll take to protect you as a, a seller uh, rather than dealing with the states. How about adult clothing? Have you guys gone through a spree or closet and done the spring cleaning and gotten rid of or want to get rid of some stuff? Yes, and kids' clothes, too. Yeah. Lots of yeah. kids' clothes. Okay, we'll talk about the adult clothes first. Um, because Facebook Marketplace has been pretty popular for clothing. I know I subscribe to some of the uh, groups and I see lots of clothing, but something else that's becoming really popular in Canada and in Calgary is Poshmark. Have you heard of Poshmark before? No. No. So this is a designer clothing resale marketplace. So if you have anything that has a brand attached to it, it doesn't have to be really high-end. We're even talking about things like a chain store, like Banana Republic or something like that. You go on there and you can sell it. And the nice thing is you can search for new, you can search for exactly what brand you're looking for, men's or women's, even right down to the size. And there are some surprising finds out there. Um, be careful, because if you're selling things, you might also want to buy things, because there's some pretty good prices out there. Um, but it, I find it actually a really good place to sell some of your clothing, especially if it's brand name. But if you want to get into some of the kids' stuff, uh, as it, once again, Facebook Marketplace is great for all of this stuff. I find a lot of kids' stuff on there. But something else, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with Nextdoor. What's that one? So Nextdoor is almost like Facebook Marketplace or Facebook Groups, but it's a little bit more niche mm-hmm. and it's a little bit, um, well, it stays in your neighborhood. Yes. The idea of Nextdoor is that you get relationships with people in your neighborhood. You have to prove where you are, who you are, and it takes a few days. But once you get that, it's a more of a tight-knit community. And it was actually developed to uh, things like animal sightings or concerns mm-hmm. in the neighborhood so people can reach out to each other or looking for babysitters. But they branched off over the past year into a marketplace so you can buy and sell and it Post things for free as well. And lots of things. Lots of children's clothing out there. But the other thing, furniture and housewares. Huge on Nextdoor right now. You've got all the info we need. Thank you so much for joining us, Mike. Appreciate it. 
Thank you. That is Mike Yanni, the Gadget Guy. You can get him online and on YouTube under the Gadget Guy, Mike Yanni. 910, it's mornings with Sue and Andy, and it'll soon be spring break for Calgary Board of Education students, followed by the Catholic Board. Where's the year gone? But what options are there to keep the kids busy, occupied, entertained, and maybe even learning something? With some answers, we're joined by Ellen Percival, editor of Calgary's Child Magazine. Good morning to you, Ellen. Good morning. So, yeah, I mean, not only do we want to know what still is available, because I I think my kids kick things off after this Friday uh, with the CBE, uh, what is available, and uh, if if there are things available, is it strictly online right now, Ellen, or can we get uh, out in person? I found you options in every category. Look at Just you. in case. So why don't we start with online because that's, that's easy. Telespark has some wonderful online offerings. Um, they really have stepped up in the last year, and their programming is excellent. So you will find a week of daily themed activities and fun. They've got lots going on. SATE also has online math, science, and art camps for kids grades, or grades 1 to 6. And you can find online baking basics for grades 7 to 12, which I think is just so fun. Something for the older ones, too. Yeah, yep, that's awesome. hands-on. Mm-hmm. National uh, Music Center has virtual camps. Um, their theme, Music from the Ground Up, it's uh, Music Foundations, and it's online again. It includes a mix of live learning um, by the their education team and self-guided activities. So that's kind of fun. That's a good one. Um, CASA is offering an online workshop series. They're doing songwriting and a musical. <laughs> so <laughs> that is supposed to be a lot of fun, and I think campers will enjoy that a lot. Mm-hmm. I've got some in-person options for you. So okay. School of Rock. So you'll have to always check, and, of course, they will have updated information on their websites. Um, some of our campers still are allowed to have within guidelines. Um, their programming. So right now, School of Rock has spring music camps running. Um, they get to play some of their favorite classic rock songs, and they actually get to perform them on a band. So that's kind of in a band on a stage. Pinnovate, we love them. Uh, they've got in-studio break workshops, so that's art. They've got bunny painting and spring gnomes, and obviously we're seeing a spring Easter theme here. Andy's eyes just lit Aww, up, Andy. You know me. Just lit I, up. Oh, okay. We'll see what we can do about getting you a spot there, okay? <laughs> they also have, so they have online and in-studio. Um, this one, the YW, has teamed up with the Esker Foundation. I love the theme of these. They're doing creative wellness, mindfulness um, moment programs. There's only three spots left, so go quick if you're if you think this would be of interest um, for your kids ages eight to twelve. And then I found you just some regular. These aren't camps per se, but they have the go ahead uh, wind sport. If you want to, uh, your child to take up skiing or improve their skiing, uh, they've got introductory programs and private lessons, small groups. Uh, so you can always look to wind sport. The Calgary Public Library are heroes as always. They have so much programming and resources for parents. Lots and lots of kids' programs open for registration, all virtual uh, and online. And then Keyboard Academy, same thing. Music seems to be a pretty Mm -hmm. safe choice. They have a beginner's trial program. Uh, It's one-on-one, eight-week program for those that want to try music lessons without taking the big jump and committing. You want to try it first and see if it's really going to be a passion of your child's. 
they have a wonderful program where you can just go and try it out for eight weeks and see how it's going. I guess that's the thing, right? You mentioned, you know, uh, small classes or, you know, a, only a few spots left. So anything that's in person, people really need to jump on it and start planning right now mm-hmm. because they can only have limited numbers if it is something that's that's happening in person. Exactly. That That is the barrier right now to, to keep um, our kids safe. They need to uh, adhere to those, obviously, the guidelines. And so you can only have a limited number. But you know, they're doing their very best, mm-hmm. and I love how they've responded. Some of them have virtual and in-person, so depending on what your comfort level is, what your schedule is like. Perfect. Right? Yep. So there you go. There's some choices. In the current issue, we've got tons of things that you can do with the kids during spring break together as a family, so you can check those out as well. Let's uh, talk about, like, what a year. Last year at this time, we were a couple weeks into our first uh, heavy-duty restrictions. There was really no spring break. This year, there are options. So I'm wondering what you're hearing uh, from the many partners that you work with at Calgary's Child Magazine about this summer. Are you expecting at this point perhaps a a very similar setup of a mix um, as we get closer to the summer months? I really am. This current issue, uh, or the one that we're working on right now that comes out in just a couple weeks, has tons of camp options where... They have had to be flexible. We're all hoping for the best. We're hoping that we see those numbers come down by by summertime, that we have the majority uh, are immunized, and so, it, you know, everybody's feeling more comfortable and safe. But they're planning for everything. So we are, I think they're optimistically looking to summer things opening up, more numbers of kids being uh, allowed to be together. But they're also like I said, cautiously optimistic mm-hmm. that, you know, they're gonna they're just gonna do the best that they can within the restrictions and try and have these kids have a wonderful summer despite of whatever the restrictions might be. We'll have tons of choices and options to put smiles on faces and I know the campers are the camps are working very hard on on trying to tick all the boxes and still create a wonderful summer and we know you are too and it's such a great resource for parents who need anything for their kids calgaryschild.com is the website thank you as always ellen appreciate your time my pleasure that is ellen percival editor of calgary's child magazine and in the the current issue they also have uh, a great list of the top 10 outdoor activities so if yes. you're looking for some family fun you know you don't want to put the kids in a camp maybe for spring break but you're looking for stuff to do they've got a great list they always have so much info in there i just love that they're you know whatever speed you're ready for whatever yeah. speed you're at and, totally and uh, perhaps your uh, child has never been in a, a, a camp uh, for, for spring break if you will but you know maybe they need some kind of a distraction maybe they can learn a new skill and online what a great opportunity even if they're home with you for that uh, week and a half or so it's something different for them yeah, right yeah and that's the huge part. We don't realize that they can get bored. We talked to uh, our friends at Telus Spark a couple of weeks ago, and they do have some fantastic camps that are going on there all online. So check it all out, but all your resources at Calgary's Child Magazine.